those of you who don't know me, my name's Hamish. Adam's just introduced me pretty well, so you know enough about me. Um, now, I've been asked to uh, speak today on bringing the joy to your pain. Um, but before I jump into my message, I'd love to just open with a quick prayer, so if you'll just join me as I pray. Dear Lord, um, thank you that everyone could be here today. Um, I know that you've got something to say to each and every person here today, um, and that everyone's here for a reason. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me, um, that your Holy Spirit would be in me, and that my words would not be mine, but they'd be yours, Lord, um, and that your Holy Spirit would meet each and every person here in this room, um, and that they'd be able to hear what they need to today. Amen. So, I'll first admit that when I got this topic, I was quite confused. Um, bring joy the de- bringing the joy to your pain. I first thought, well, who am I to speak on pain and suffering? I'm after all, just a naive 19-year-old who is hardly well-versed in life's sufferings. Um, and the topic was difficult for me. Bring the joy to your pain seemed puzzling. How can one just bring joy to their suffering? After all, suffering could even be defined as the absence of joy. So in light of this, I decided to instead first look at how can we endure suffering. So the first question I asked myself was just that. How does one practically endure suffering? When I continued to look into the scripture, I was even more confused by the issue of bringing joy to pain. Hebrews 12.2 says that Jesus endured the pain of the cross for the joy set before him. This seemed in stark contrast when I thought back to the Garden of Gethsemane, soon before Jesus' crucifixion, where he's described as being overcome with sorrow, pleading to his father for another way out. So my second question that I'm going to look at today is... Can joy and pain coexist? I'm going to leave those two questions for a moment as I zoom out and look at the general narrative of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the earth and he created it perfect. And he appointed humans made in his image, which gives us a special uh, kind of importance or place within God's creation. He made us the custodians of his earth and gave the first two humans only one command, which was don't eat from the tree. Pretty soon, though, we screwed that up and uh, disobeyed God, and this led to the fall. Now, the fall coincided with sin entering God's perfect creation, Um, and sin brought with it pain. And so, as sin came into the world, so did pain. Now, we experience pain for a number of different reasons, Um, the first of which is as the direct consequence of our personal sin. Um, Obviously, if you do bad things, often the immediate consequence of that can bring pain. We experience it as a result of those who have gone before us and their sins. Um, And we even experience it because the very fabric of creation is now corrupted by sin. In fact, we even experience pain when we do God's will or when we run away from sin because we live in a broken world and if we run away from that world, it wants to keep us and it'll pull us back by painfully striking us. So, regrettably, until Jesus returns, pain is an unavoidable fact of this life. But all is not hopeless. God's plan to save mankind is at hand. His ongoing redemptive work culminated with the innocent Jesus dying a sinner's death and paying the price of all human sin. Not only that, but Jesus won. He was resurrected three days after his death as the victor over death. The gospel has great power in this victory. And Jesus, and the completion of Jesus' work brings the redemptive power of or the redemptive work to today. 
Because of this, we can again live in right relationship with God. When we accept Jesus' sacrifice, we are wiped clean by his grace. And with this grace comes the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God living in us. Um, Sorry, lost for a moment. The Spirit equips us for God's work, um, comforts us, and he is our guide. And God's redemptive work will be completed on the final day of judgment, when Jesus returns and all sin is cast away, as well as the pain that it brings with it. So, while pain is a fact of life now, we await the day of Jesus' return, where we will no longer be in pain. But, given that that day is yet to come, I return to my first question. How do we endure pain today? Well, to illustrate this, I want to tell a story about a somewhat painful experience that I shared with my family. It was a four-day hiking trip near the Great Ocean Road. (laughs) Now, I still fail to understand why my parents thought it was a good idea to go on this little adventure, but alas, one sunny day we set off. It started off really well. We, uh, We walked and walked, and there was great views along the coast. And each day, for the first two days, as we got to the, um, at the end of that day's hike, there was a little shelter where we could cook our delicious food. And then the rain hit. And boy, did it hit. It was the third day, the hardest day, the longest one. It was 16 k's of grueling uphills and downhills. And there was torrential rain, about, about the same as what we've just seen today. And it went on for hours. We ended up soaked. Our waterproofs fought a valiant battle, but to no avail. Um, So we were exhausted, soaked. Some of us were in tears. I won't name names. (laughs) Needless to say, we were not happy campers. But how did we bring joy into this situation, or how did we endure this situation? Well, to answer this, I want to talk about five ways that the Bible gives us to endure our pain. The first of these ways is simply to confront our pain. We have a great example of this in Matthew 26, where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, like I've just been talking about. So I'm going to read that to you now. Verses 38, 39 say, Then he, Jesus, said to them, his disciples, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So we can see here that Jesus is at terms with the raw reality of his pain, admitting that he is overcome, overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. It's important to remember what Jesus was about to be in store for. He was going to be whipped, spat on. He had to wear a crown of thorns and haul his cross to the mountain. And then he would be hung up by, his wrists through nail, by nails through his wrists, and he'd bleed out and die. So needless to say, Jesus was pretty at terms with his pain. And we too need to be honest with ourselves about our pain. So on the hiking trip, we needed to accept the reality of our situation, the great discomfort that we were in, before we could decide to push on. Had we not done this, I suspect we would have proceeded with blind optimism, not bothering to use our waterproofs, not eating and drinking properly, and not taking the rest breaks that we so needed. This would have just delayed our pain and made it worse when it eventually reared its head again. So often we as people tend to do this kind of same thing. We tend to bury our pain or really quickly and improperly deal with it, forget about it for a little while and eventually it'll come back and bite us even harder. 
So in times of pain, we must first truly realise the scale and severity of our pain and our suffering before we can address it. Only once we understand our enemy can we begin to grapple with it and begin to overcome it. So, the second way that the Bible gives us to endure hardship is relatively simple. It's just remembering the example of the person of Jesus. We can sometimes forget that while Jesus was God, he was also fully human. He felt what we feel, was tempted like we are tempted, and he, sorry, and he struggled like we struggle. However, unlike us, he never sinned. He then went on to go on and experience the worst possible pain, paying the price of all human sin. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane Jesus' grief at the events to come. Past the excruciating whippings, being hung by nails and crown of thorns, Jesus spent three days in the grave, emerging on the third day in a bodily form, the victor over death. We cannot imagine the pain he went through in that grave, but save to say it is the greatest relief to be spared having to endure that ourselves. Because of Jesus, we never need to live apart from God, our Creator. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, describe the endurance that Jesus showed on that cross. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This verse instructs us to look to Jesus' example. It says we should fix our eyes on Jesus. His example is greatly encouraging. Jesus, human, if he could endure that, that great amount of pain, then we too can get through whatever our situation is. We must also look to Jesus' attitude and his manner through all of this. He always acknowledged his Father's will as the higher than his own. If we remember back to Matthew 26, he concluded his thought by asking for his Father to take the cup from him, but saying, according to your will, not mine. He always had faith in his Father through everything that he had to go to. So we too need to have this kind of faith. We need to remember that we are humans, we are God's creation, we aren't God. While we may not always understand why we have to go through something or why stuff's so hard right now, we always need to put trust in God, remembering that he has a plan for us and that if we, if we do his will, we are in the best spot we can be in the long term. So the third way that we can endure suffering is to rely upon the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? Well, thanks to the ongoing redemptive work of God and Jesus' sacrifice, we receive the gift of the Spirit. I liken this gift to using the tools in our backpacks on the hiking trip. It would have been mad, dangerous even, not to wear our waterproofs, um, our warm waterproofs, rest often, drink water, and eat food on that miserable and exhausting day. Yet so, so many of us Christians forget the backpack of tools given to us in the Spirit. The Spirit is described in the Bible often as our advocate, as our enabler. The Spirit equips us with courage, with the right words to say when we need it, I hope he's equipping me with that right now. With comfort, joy, and companionship. Yet so often we can neglect to ask for these things when we need them. We're crazy. So, in times of suffering, but also in times of patience, worry, or confusion, we need to remember to call on the Spirit for help, for celebration, or for clarity, or just to share life with. We need to use our waterproofs when it's raining. We must pray boldly in the Spirit, 
asking expectantly and trusting that he will guide and equip us. It would be crazy not to. Sorry, just a moment. Uh, the, the fourth tool given to us to endure pain is community. So we as Christians have the blessing of being involved in a church community that's centred around love. One part about being in this church is looking after each other. Ephesians 4 verse 15 to 16 explains this. It says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The church is often described in the Bibles as the body of Christ. He is the head of the church. And we see this imagery in the way that Christ's shared gift unites the church around the common goal of building itself up in love. One, one of many goals. This was presented in a hiking trip as we turned to each other for support in the most difficult of times. We each shared our struggles and lifted each other up in them. Whether it was cracking jokes, lending hiking poles, giving a wet hug or handing out some of our lollies, we looked after each other. The gift of the church is for all, of, all who enter in, all of you here tonight. This is a community centred about love and support and is a tool to be utilised. One thing we can forget about the church is that while it is our role to support those in the community around us and to love those who aren't in the church, it is equally our duty to be vulnerable to those who are close to us, requesting support with honesty and vulnerability. We need to go to our friends when we need help. We need to be honest about our weaknesses. And we should seek prayer, counsel, comfort and clarification from our friends. It's only when we, give all, when we all both give and receive that Christ's vision for the church is fully realised. So, see someone for prayer after the service, whether you want to celebrate life's goodness or grieve its pain. Talk to others about your weak struggles and check in on those you might think might need someone. It is then that hope and love will abound. The final tool that the Bible gives us that I want to talk to you about um, in enduring our pain is the great hope for the future. As Christians, we have a unique hope for the future. We have the gift of salvation and eternal life awaiting all of us. There is nothing we can do to earn this salvation. The price has already been paid for us by Jesus. All we need to do is accept it. Sorry, keep getting lost. Um, we need only have faith in him and we shall be justified in God's eyes. Luke 6, to 23 talks about the reward awaiting us. It says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because your reward is great in heaven. This is a beautiful promise of times to come. If we're persecuted for our faith or any time we're struggling, as Christian, Christians, we can remember that we have that Jesus return coming when all sin will be cast away and, and all pain will be gone. That is what's awaiting us. Our pain is temporary. I remember on our hike talking to my brother and sister about the reward that awaited us upon our completion. We talked about the warm car, warm shower, and the exact KFC orders we were going to get on the way home. This reminded me and, and us that our pain was temporary and that there were good times to come. 
It reflects the beautiful hope and the truth of the gospel. Hebrews 12.2 tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. This joy is, I think, the hope that Jesus had of returning to his place in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, and as we, as we see realized at the end of that verse. Praise God that we can share in this hope. So, we have five ways of enduring pain from the Bible. And we've answered my first question. How do we practically endure suffering? We must confront our pain head on, being honest to ourselves about its effect on us. We can look to Jesus' endurance, finding hope in the example that he has set for us. We can lean and rely on the Holy Spirit, on the bag of tools that we are given in it. Um, We should employ our community as support, remembering that the church is the body of Christ, united around love. And finally, we should remember the reward awaiting us in heaven and the temporary nature of our suffering. A question that naturally follows here is, what will happen if we do these things? We have a beautiful illustration of this in Romans 5, where it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. We have a beautiful, transformative, step-by-step process here. Suffering produces perseverance, which produces character, which produces hope. I saw this on the hiking trip. We suffered, confronting that suffering and pushing on, which produced perseverance. We persevered and determined to push through. We supported each other, cracking jokes, helping each other along, and our character strengthened. When our character strengthened, we were able to see beyond our circumstances to the waiting warm car and zinger box that awaited us. And hope abounded. And just like that, we used the tools gifted to us by Jesus, and we transformed our suffering into hope. So, as for our second question... Can joy and pain coexist? I answer, sort of. While we may not always be joyous in the hard times, we can always fix our gaze on Jesus and find comfort and incredible hope. The fact of life is that sometimes our circumstances will be so bleak that there's not really much room for joy. But we need to remember that there's always room for hope. Hope in the guarantee of salvation. Hope in the presence of the Spirit. Hope of the capacity to endure, illustrated by Jesus. What an incredible gift. So, remember, as you go into your weeks, to be real with yourself about your pain. Use the Holy Spirit. Look to Jesus' example. Remember the reward in heaven and use your communities of hope. For example, the prayer team will be sitting around waiting after the service. Feel free to go and talk to one of those people. If you do this, the Bible promises that you will transform suffering into hope, abounding. As the worship band comes onto stage, I'd love to close in prayer. So please join me now as we pray. Dear Lord, um, thank you for every person here. Thank you especially for your love for them. Lord, thank you for the tools that you've given us to be able to endure the pain that exists in this world. Thank you that Jesus has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit and his example, and that we can always look to that and call on the Spirit 
for help. Thank you for the communities around every person in this room. Thank you for the fact that everybody has friends that can care for them. Lord, that's such a blessing. And thank you for the hope given to us that whatever we're going through, whatever pain we're going through right now, it's temporary and it will be gone one day. Lord, I, I thank you for every person in this room. Thanks for bringing them here. I pray that you would be able to go with them into their weeks, that your Holy Spirit would be with them, equipping them, working through them, and that they would be able to get through whatever it is that they have to face as they go back into their daily lives. Thank you for our friendships. Thank you for this church. And thank you that you have spoken to every person today. And I pray that they would be able to go stronger in you and more equipped to get through whatever it is that they have on their plate. Amen.